Yeah, the man made it his... Well, he's got a sporting passion that runs deeper than most. In fact, deeper than just about anybody on the planet because he, in a year, saw how many sports, Kieran? 306. A well, new world record. It's... Uh, <laughs> well, no one's done it better than he in a single year and it meant seeing sports that, well, consider themselves sports, but to others maybe the pursuit of mad men and women. How are you, mate? And I know that as a, a Welshman, you would not have enjoyed the weekend's rugby action. No, there wasn't any rugby on the weekend. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Now, Wales were downright awful second half on uh, Saturday night against Scotland. Scotland deserved a win. You can't... Uh, normally, Welsh, we, we like to make excuses about the other team being hugely offside or the referee was against us and everything else, but we were enough. just not good enough. Scotland were played really well and... Uh, yeah, it just showed you what you can do if you try and attack and do a few things. But uh, I think there'll be a few uh, few things thrown in the mix for the next game against Ireland in a couple of weeks' time. But um, the biggest, well, it's not. It wasn't an upset, but Italy uh, gave England a bit of a scare. Yeah, it's good by doing some not even new tactics, but uh, yeah. At one stage, there was a brilliant quote where Dylan Hartley, who's the Kiwi that's the English English captain went up to the referee and said, well, what can we do to combat this tactic? And the referee said, listen, mate, I'm the referee. I'm not your coach. So, uh, yeah, they were uh, in disarray, but uh, they got a couple of late tries to get over the line. And the Italians certainly are the poorer relative in very the Six much Nations. So. Very much so, But yes. they haven't disgraced themselves. No, no, no. And, you know, they do better time. than the Sunwolves. Well, indeed, and as we know, with Test cricket, Sri Lanka took a long, long time to get wins, or even Pakistan took a long time to get wins when they came into Test cricket. So, I mean, you've got to play, you know, a, a decent level of elite sport till you till you get better. So, you know, we've seen Japan, I mean, beat South Africa in the last World Cup. Uh, yeah, it just takes time. It just takes time and regular fixturing. And I also noted that your football team, Newport County, who are flirting dangerously oh, with my relegation from the English football. Yeah, it wasn't a great day Saturday for me, I tell you. Yeah, they lost 2-1, yeah. did to they? To Mansfield, yes, we're yeah. still bottom. Yeah. Uh, we're, we are now six points away from safety, which isn't, it's tough. 15 games to go, though, 45 points to play for, but and that would see you relegated from the English Football, football League, League into the National Conference That's non-league. That's not a good thing. Um, but then again, really, it's more like five divisions now. Well, it kind of is, but the biggest difference is TV money. Yeah. So in League Two, which is the Tier 4, you get £900,000 off the back of Premier League yep. and Sky and everything else. Yes. When you drop into the conference, that falls to about £100,000. So there's a massive hole in your budget. You do get a parachute payment to, because you have contracts for players that are on league money instead of yep. semi-pro money, basically. So. And have you... When was the last time you were non-league? Uh, this is our fourth year, fourth year back. back. Back, yeah. Because so we yeah. went. We were eighty-seven, eighty-eight. We yep. got relegated, and then eighty-eight, eighty-nine. We went bankrupt. So and then reformed. Yeah. So good to see you back. There yeah. are four Welsh clubs. One is non-league. Wrexham. One is non-league. Wrexham. Yeah. Who, funnily enough, in two thousand thirteen, we beat in the playoff final to get promoted into the football league. How are they travelling? Are they? Uh, they're having a very. Back? They're having a bit of an average season. Okay. Yeah. And of course, Swansea, who. Well, equalised they equalised yeah. just before half-time against the runner play. And when they were 1-all, they had a penalty decision turned well, that was away. Well, it was a handball that I would have paid a penalty I think, for. I think most people would have. He's um, had, he's, uh, for those who didn't see it, the ball was kicked at 
close quarters into the Chelsea defender whose hands were not in a natural position. That's exactly right, Fanny. I like that. His hands were in an unnatural position and a little uh, bit played the ball. And, a little bit wide and crabby for mine. Yes, definitely. So they were a bit unlucky, but I mean, look, Chelsea... And then they got run. Yeah, yeah. they did. And it would have been very hard for them to hang on. I mean, no, it Chelsea is. Were peppering. And to be honest, you know, Swansea, since Clement's come in, they've looked more like a team, and they're, but they're still hugely reliant on Sigurdsson to actually run the show for them. And, and you know what was cruel luck was that Chelsea took the lead by Fabianski. Yes. Absolute snap. Really bad piece of goalkeeping. And prior to that, he had been very strong in the wrist and had been yeah. kept well. But nah, he's, uh, one he's, snuck underneath him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, you, that reminds you? me of my favourite joke, that goal. Really? My favourite soccer joke. Go on and hit us with it. Uh, news today of the goalkeeper who unfortunately let in 11 goals in a cup game and then Attempted to commit suicide <laughs> by throwing himself in front of a bus. And it went through his legs. Luckily, the bus <laughs> passed safely underneath him. Yes, beautiful. That was the, oh, that's a Jim Layton joke that was uh, from, the Scot- from Scotland. Yes. Do you know what that, where I got that joke? From my collection of mini ha-ha books. Oh, there you go. They were, they were joke books called mini ha-has right. and mini ha-ha football. Yes. Now, there's some... Uh, there's some cracking after dinner speakers on the on the football circuit that uh, just they're non-stop jokes like that. Yeah. It's brilliant. Well, those mini ha ha books. There was like I don't know how many jokes in them, a hundred or so, many more maybe, but like sixty of the jokes because there was mini ha ha football, mini ha ha golf, mini ha ha oh, right. cricket. Sixty of them just changed the sport. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they were sort of sportsmen's jokes rather than yep. specific to the ah, sport. There we go. We'll have to. Can we resurrect those? There'll be people listening now that have got those books to hand, surely. They're little pocket booklets, ah. mini ha-has, and they came in all shapes and all different topics, but there was a range of sporting ones that I snapped up as a young man. These were the days before the internet well, that's and, it. and other diversions, people. <laughs> One was happy to get a book and have a good read and chortle on the train home. Yep. That's the difference, isn't not it? Enough, not, not enough of that now. No. Let's get on with it. We'll get on and with it, yeah. Uh, our first segment, we'll look at some boxing. Well, I just saw something that kind of es- probably escaped everyone, even though, I mean, there was the, it was a world heavyweight title fight on the weekend. Deontay Wilder beat the widely renowned Gerald Washington, who incidentally Who's was... Washington? Yeah, exactly. Mind you, he was a late step in because the Polish fella that uh, Deontay Wilder was meant to fight, Andrzej Wojcik, Yep. Failed a drugs test, so they had to get someone as a late replacement. But uh, Deonda Wilder is the WBC champ now, and he's gone to 38-0. and 0. Yep. And if you've ever seen Wilder fight, he is just swinging windmills. That's all he does. Yep. But he's <laughs> 38 wins, no defeats, 37 by KO. And uh, okay. he's looking at, he's called out Joey Parker from the Kiwi WBO champ. So uh, that was it. But the one that's got me is that didn't get any press, really. Roy Jones Jr. Back in the ring. Back in the ring oh, and is the new world WBF. What's Who knows? WBF? Exactly. Nobody knows. Well, it's Cruiserweight. World Boxing Federation. Yeah, World Boxing Federation. One of these alphabet titles. But he is the new Cruiserweight world title holder. He beat Bobby Gunn. Another one of these. Yeah, boxing does itself no favors no, with these. Absolutely. Made up. Made up. Uh, federations, yeah, and, yeah. but uh, Roy Jones Jr. He's forty-eight. He is a five-weight world champion, including all the way from super middle through to heavyweight. But I thought after Danny Green had knocked him over, um, that uh, 
basically he finished up, but no, he's just picked himself up a world title. So yes, so there that was you the. Go. But the other boxing news, obviously uh, uh, today, yeah. is Manny Pacquiao has agreed to fight Amir Khan yeah, yeah, very on 23rd of April instead of the punching teacher Jeff Horn. Um, so that's that's a bit disappointing, really. It would have been great to see Pacquiao in Australia. Yeah, very disappointing, but not again surprising because um, boxing seems to be at odds with itself. Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. And the word is today that the Dubai or Abu Dhabi have offered them, you know, sixty million Australian to host the fight, and you know, which is about thirty million pounds or something. So, but yeah, it's ridiculous. But it, you know, it's it would have been good, but. Feel sorry, feel a bit sorry for Jeff Orn because he'd been promised, basically by Pacquiao's promoters, Bob Aaron, that it was going to happen. Very disappointing. Yeah. On to darts. Darts, yes. we love our darts, ah, funny, don't we? We do. I've got to show you my darts. They're in the car. Oh, beautiful. Uh, it was the Premier League this this week, fourth round. Yes. And I don't know if you've seen the results. Absolutely unbelievable. In the Premier League, they play best of 12. Yes. Right? So it can never draw. You can have a draw. Well, Six I'm glad four. you touched on that because the first match of the night, this is in Brighton in the south of England. Dave Chisnell lost 7-3 to Jelly Klassen, who that's Klassen's first win of the Premier League. We're only in the fourth week. Now, here we go. Michael Van Gerwen, six. Adrian Jackpot-Lewis, six. Oh, that would have been a great game. I yep. mean, when Adrian Lewis is on song, he's as good yeah, as Yeah, he's, he's had his ups and downs. But, uh, he's got when a nice he's... metronomic swing. <laughs> well, the problem is with Adrian, I think he's getting bigger. Mm. And that, I think he struggles with that a little bit, but there you go. Who's uh, the biggest? The biggest is... Uh, the Viking. Uh, Andy Fordham, I think he was he was, was hitting twenty five stone. Yes, there's there's another one. The not the baker, Steve the, Bunting, the no, one that looks big, like oh, uh, Steve Bunting. Yeah, yeah, he's huge, but there's a bigger one. Is there one a bigger one? Yeah, he's called the 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 baker or the pie. Oh, the pie man, probably yes. the pie man or something. Yeah, but, I'm not sure um, off the top of my head, but uh, Stephen Bunting is a large lad. Yes, he is. He throws the lightest of light darts. He does. He, 12, he throws 12 grammers. You're yeah, right. Really yeah, really yeah, yeah. light. Incredibly light. Yeah. A it's feather touch. Yes. But there we go. So, Gary Anderson, six. Oh, I can picture this big guy. He's a shocker. Get, Always ruddy-faced and sweaty. <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't know. I've seen him, but there you go. So, uh, next match was Gary Anderson, six. Yes. James Wade, six. Another draw. Yeah. Yes. Uh, next up, Phil the Power Taylor, yep. six. Another draw. Kim Hybrex oh, of Belgium, six. six. That's a good effort by Kim. And the last one of the night, Raymond van Bernevald from Holland, six. Oh, boy. Peter Snakebite Wright from Scotland, six. So out of five matches, there were four draws. That is, And that's the first time that's ever happened in the Premier League. That's amazing darts. Now, so, it might, uh, might be Andy Smith, the pie man. Andy Smith. Well, there you go. There's a name easily forgotten, isn't it? Andy Smith. The pie, man. <laughs> there you go. Well, have you got a ladder? Do we know the ladder in... I do, actually. Funnily enough, there's oh, uh, uh, Michael Van Gerwen is top with two wins, two draws. James Wade is second with two wins, two draws. So it's tight, Phil isn't it? Taylor is third with two wins, two draws. Tight. So with all these draws, it's unbelievable. Yeah, so uh, Peter Wright, then two wins, one draw, one loss. Yeah. Uh, and then the rest are kind of... 
Gary Anderson, one win, two draws. Ray uh, Barney, one win, two draws. So they've both played one game less, so they technically could Oh, play. no, they've won loss as well. So they, they've all oh, played okay. four now. Oh, they've played because four, Because they yeah. don't drop... They, when they used to play odd numbers, when they yeah. used to have uh, nine yeah, in the Premier tried, League, yeah. But now they've evened it up. So and they, I quite liked when they had odd numbers, because yeah. every week somebody would have to play twice. twice. Yeah, exactly right, yeah. yeah. So when um, the beard to be feared was playing, uh, when he was up the top of the Premier League, it, it was uh, yeah, it was always tough. But now they've obviously they want to get more people in, and you know that's what it is. And uh, yeah, I think Gary Anderson won um, the Players Championship, but they've split that tournament up into three or four tournaments along the year now. So Gary Anderson uh, won that tournament on the weekend as well. So plenty yeah, of money, plenty of money if you're good at darts. Oh. But you've got to be very good because this top bracket is hard to break into. Yep. No, it's, uh, you know, that's exactly kind of, uh, you know, we talk about darts, but like we we talked about Michael Van Gerwen, you know, when he, he won the World Championship, he'd gone over £1.9 million for the year, you know, last year. So uh, that's not a bad... Uh, that's who I am thinking of, Henderson. Now, that's who I am. He's the Henderson. biggest thing I've ever seen. He's he's the largest dart player. Ah, there you go. Um Yes, the Scotsman Henderson, always ruddy-faced. and Well, he would be if he's Scotsman. He's yeah. huge. Thanks, Chris, from North, North yeah, Fitzroy. Large, yeah. In fact, to the point where, because it's very hot up on yes, it uh, is up on stage at, at places like Alexander Palace. Oh, what, a, what a venue. Ali, have you, I've never been there. Oh, we, I went to the to the World Championship yeah. last year. Oh, was last it great? Year yeah. oh. I t- like I said, I've said this a few times, but um, if you have a sporting event on your bucket list and it's normally the Masters or the Super Bowl the World Championships for darts has to be there the atmosphere at Ali Pali is phenomenal it is just non-stop and you will have a fantastic night and by the end of it you will have drunk a lot of alcohol just to get in the mood Steve Hines the muffin man yeah that's there's Steve Hines but I was thinking of John Henderson the Highlander Highlander, yes. And uh, he's a big lad. He's a big, big lad. His walk-on music is Big Bad John by Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean. Followed by Rock and Roll Over the World by Status Quo. Yeah, I love their walk-on music. It's fantastic. When uh, Peter Manley used to be in the Premier League, when they used to do uh, Amarillo, and just he had the whole crowd singing... Is this the, show me the way to Amarillo. It's just fantastic. Just and darts is is now a show. It's an absolute show, and uh, it, you know you just it's like pizza in it. You can't have a bad night at the darts. Absolutely not. Now uh, earlier on, I, um, uh, meaning no, hoping to cause no offence to anybody, told uh, my gag from the mini ha ha football book. I won't reprise it, but. Uh, for one listener at least, it um, was upsetting and it's never the intention of this show to upset any of our listeners, far from it. We're here to entertain and I can understand those sensitivities. I won't uh, repeat what I said or what the SNS said because, um, again, I'm sensitive to that listener's distress, but uh, no offence intended. No, of course, I was not meaning to uh, be make light of any serious issues so I do apologise and um, hope you can accept it. Let's move on to the Red Bull Dinghy Derby. Yeah, this happened a couple of weeks ago the Red Bull Dinghy Derby is well, is the Aussiest sport that I can think of 
absolute phenomenal. This is tinny racing, basically, in Renmark in South Australia. I like Renmark. I've been I've been to the Riverland, the Farmer, uh, the Southern that. Eighty or Southern Ninety. Don't they do that? Uh, the water skiing through Renmark. I, I imagine. Yeah yeah, 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 they would. So the Red Bull. This area is places like um, Barmera, Renmark, Berry. Bar- yeah, yeah, definitely. Berry and yeah, up there. Nice. Berries, yeah, that's the other place where they do the water skiing, isn't it? Yeah. The Enduro. Um, so, tinnies, but they're long and thin ones, not like your normal kind of uh, fishing, tinny. fishing tinny. Yeah. So, they race. It's a 100-kilometer race. So, through the mangroves and everything else. And they get, they're doing speeds up to 110 kilometers an hour in these tinnies. Uh, they're really narrow channels through the mangroves, and it's it's scary yeah, it to be. watch. So the winners, Matt Thur and Shane Palat, won in one hour, 14 minutes. So that's an average speed of 82 kilometers an hour. So that is Ooh. flying. That's the average speed. So the they, when, they, when, they, when they're running through the trees and everything else, it is scary to watch. I think if you, um, if you jump on the 365 Days of Sport Facebook page, I'm pretty sure I put some stuff, some highlights of the... Uh, of that Red Bull dinghy derby up there. So uh, if you if you don't know about 365 days of sport, I, I whack so much stuff of weird and strange sports up on our Facebook page just to shed some light on a few different things. I've put up, uh, there's a guy in a wheelchair doing stunts on a skateboard park today, which is phenomenal. Just unbelievable. Now, the mangroves are a very um, complex and heavily populated ecosystem. Yes, I thought it'd be pretty dangerous to be going through a mangroves it is at the, high speed. Oh, it's unbelievable! These blokes nearly get decapitated by these trees. Yeah, up um, underneath and above so you. So you have a bloke on the on the motor steering, and a guy at the front to keep the weight down, so they can kind of weave their way through. But it's just you can these South Australians and whatever they're just madness. They're just really that's hence why Red Bull have been involved. But in one of the classes, there was a guy called Mark Weber. He actually won one of the classes, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure, even though it was a Red Bull event, it wasn't the Mark Webber. But uh, well, maybe remember he he broke his leg doing the adventure racing in Tassie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think it was him. I think he might have been double booked that weekend. I think he had a Bathurst event on. Oh, fair uh, enough. I think, but uh, there you go. Well, we're going to go to the break, but uh, we were talking about John Henderson, one of the larger exponents of darts, and dart players aren't known for their trim taut physiques, even though there are a few coming through, like Yella Klassen, and some of the younger stars are more health conscious, but uh, John Henderson is of the old school, and this is what he walks on to as we go to the break. Big John, <laughs> Big John. Every morning at the mine you could see him arrive, he stood six foot six and weighed 245, kind of broad at the shoulder and narrow at the hip. And everybody knew you didn't give no lip to Big John. Big John, Big John, Big Bad John. When the day is dawning, on a Texas Sunday morning, how I long to be there. With Marie, who's waiting for me there. Every lonely city where I hang my hat ain't as half as pretty as where my baby's at. Is this the way to Amarillo? Oh, I'm glad. Now, all Welshmen can sing, and Kieran, Beefy Blake's no exception. 
Why were we playing Emma on? It's Peter Manley's Walk on Music oh. at the Darts, and the crowd go absolutely berserk when that comes on. And uh, you he can doesn't imagine, play much anymore. No, he doesn't, it. unfortunately. That's a great walk on. Yeah, it was, no, fantastic. So look, look that up on YouTube and see him dancing at the front and see the crowd get into it. And uh, it's like you know where um, you know when Neil Diamond does Sweet Caroline and yeah. bah, so bah, Phil, bah. Phil Taylor comes on to snap. The power. Yeah. yeah. Bit nothing, boring. Nothing great about Done that. Done it for 20 years, uh, unfortunately. Michael Van Gerwen is... Mike Van Gerwen. They sing that. Yeah. And what do they always go to the break with? What? I, I, I don't know the name of it. Um, oh, I should get Carl in. Carl uh, loves all this. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I know they go to the break with, um, oh, I used to know. Somebody will know. Somebody, Somebody will know. What's the, what's the darts break tune from Sky? Yeah, <laughs> they do love it. They do. That's the one that they all get up and sing sing to. Yeah. But, anyway. We, I have no idea what is coming up. Because no, it is I the deliberately Shrove didn't tell you. Tuesday Sport. Right. Tomorrow, is is, is if you didn't know, it's Shrove Tuesday tomorrow, which is Does what? that make a pancake... It's Pancake Day, finally. You're on the money. Oh, good. Pancake, like pancake Day tomorrow. I yeah. love pancakes, me. Um, so, in the UK, there is a lot of Shrove Tuesday sport, which is the, oh. it's the start of Lent, obviously, and all that stuff where you have to give things up. So, Shrove Tuesday sport. Now, the most famous sport, obviously, you just mentioned Pancake Day, pancake races. Now, they the most famous pancake races take place in only in Buckinghamshire. Now, they've done it since about 1445 or so. So, you know, they're coming up to, what, 600 years or something. Yeah, so it's just... Something ridiculous. Just a newbie. Yeah. So, this is the story. Um, it's based on the fact that a woman in Olney heard the shriving bell while she was making pancakes and ran to the church in her apron, still clutching a frying pan. So, the competitors in the modern-day races now have to be local housewives... And they must wear an apron or a hat or a scarf. Lovely. So each contestant has a frying pan containing a hot pancake. Not a cold one, a hot one. And they must toss it three times during the race. And the first woman to complete the course and arrive at the church, serve a pancake to the bell ringer, and, and, and be kissed by him is the winner. And wins? Bugger all, probably. The kiss. The kiss, yeah. But... Amazingly enough, they have formed a sister competition with a town called Liberal in Kansas. So ah, yeah, they Liberal do Kansas. they do the same competition in Kansas, and the winner they actually time the race now over a certain meterage, whether it's hundred meters or whatever. And they have a they have a winner of a of the pancake day race, international pancake day. Right now, why we, isn't why isn't well, there one Australia. in Victoria? Exactly. Yeah, we could start. We should be doing it in. Federation Square or something. Melbourne should take this over or I get it out to one of these country towns. Exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Make it a rural thing. Yeah. Give it to... what The Latrobe Valley needs a, a yeah. kick on. They've lost some jobs recently. Uh, Terralgan. Terralgan. There you go. Come on, Terralgan. Sister up with Liberal. Yeah, with Liberal and Olney. 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 Yeah, Olney, yeah. O-L-N-E-Y, yeah. yeah. So this, we should do this. We should get this going. We should start a campaign for pancake races on Shrove Tuesday in some kind of far-reaching, worn, the Warnham Bull pancake races. No, we want it, yeah, somewhere like that. Stall. 
They've got the sprint, the gift, and the pancakes. A forward-thinking mayor will... What about Beechworth? Well, I mean, they're famous for pies. Yeah. But, you know, you need... What's a bakery? Is there a, is there a bakery town? I like the bakery in Nil. Nil? The Nil Pancake Macy's. Yeah. Nice. Like it. There you go. And it's a, it's a memorable name. It is. Liberal, Olney, and Nil. <laughs> oh, what a combination that was. Yeah. Liberal, liberal Olney, and Nil. Indeed. Now, here's the big one. Royal Shrove Tide Football. Now, you may have seen this every now and again on TV. This is where they play. It's, a, it's basically a rugby. It's a massive scrum. They play it in Ashbourne in Derbyshire. Now, and mob football kind of goes back to the 12th century, probably earlier than that, where, you know, it's one of these things where kind of they throw a ball up and the uppers and the downers. So if you're born on one side of the river, you're an uppy. And if you're born on the other side of the river, you're a downy. And the pitch is three miles long. But you have to you have to score an own goal. And basically it's a, you know, you, you grab the ball, it gets thrown up um, probably about midday and then, Basically, you ruck the ball into your goal. And it, the goals are like millstones from, from the old mills, and you have to bang it three times. So there's lots of tourists and stuff, but it's very rare that a tourist ever scores. In fact, they probably disallow it. But what I found absolutely brilliant for this is there is six rules of Shrove Tide football. Committing murder or manslaughter is prohibited. Unnecessary violence is frowned upon, but obviously allowed. The ball may not be carried in a motorised vehicle. <laughs> the ball may not be hidden. They, they don't seem like rules that were created. In the 12th in the century? Sa- in the yeah. same year. Yes. Yeah. No murder and no motorised vehicle. They've obviously built... This rule has been brought in because something happened. Yeah, somebody, got in, somebody, <laughs> somebody got in a car. Somebody got in their Hummer. Yes. Uh, the ball may not be hidden in a bag, coat or rucksack. Yeah. So that's another that's one. That's done. obviously happened. That's my tactic. Cemeteries, churchyards, and the town memorial gardens are strictly out of bounds. I'm surprised they don't have one person's address. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And Herbert Green's house is Don't also, go there. Don't go yeah. there. Uh, playing after 10 p.m. is forbidden. Yeah. That's not allowed. And to score a goal, the ball must be tapped three times in the area of the goal. Now, there is a river or a brook running yes. through the town. And it has been known that near enough the whole game has been played in, in the, the river. Brook. Yeah, I in think I've brook. seen footage of that. Yeah. Now, this game, I, there are certain events, and I think they're all annual events. There's one in Florence, or there's one in Italy. Oh, Calcio Fiorentina, which is mental. That, yeah. is, the, this, the, that is the most violent Powerful thing. men, more, more yeah. serious than there's, this. Uh, I can go, in Florence, there is four regions, and you yeah. represent that region, and the scoring of the goals is incidental. It yeah. really is. To the it's, it's basically the fight, yeah. Yep. And if you ever see the highlights on YouTube or wherever, it, it's just <laughs> astounding that it still exists. I mean, it's bullfighting has been phased out, but it, Calcio Fiorentina just still exists, and it's just uh, unbelievable. And there are people bleeding to death, just left, you know, and there's more medics than there is sport basically going on. And uh, it's on my bucket list. I missed it. It was on my list until until things, uh, you know, went away from me. But um, And the other one is that I'd love to go. Oh, I don't know if I want to go there, but it's very interesting to watch. Is the Something Man in Japan where 
It's not a sport where they... Is that the one they, where they sit on the logs and go down the hill? No, no. no. It, it, it's, it's a desperation to touch this, this monk or somebody. Once a year, you touch them for good luck. Okay. Oh, and, the monk must love that. And that person then gets passed through like an opening in the monastery wall. <laughs> and then falls up. out the side. And then, it's, yeah. it's, it's incredibly exhausting and... The person that's chosen to be the the the, chosen the, ves- one. the vessel of good fortune for the next year yep. ends the day in a state of complete exhaustion because he's being ferried around from I'll get details of that. So so this, this sport and it's called Royal Shrovetide Football as well, because it actually was kind of endorsed by Henry the Seventh, I believe, who gave it that royal approval. So uh yeah, so officially... See, I've no, I don't know much of the 7th. I know the 8th. Yeah. Well, he was the one before the 8th, obviously. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good on there, Henry. I, I think um, uh, Prince Charles went there and threw the ball up in the air to start the game a few years ago. But that was about it. But um, if they score before 5.30pm, they will play until 10, apparently. So, uh, yeah, they'll get it in. But they played over two days. Yes. So they, it's a two-day competition, so... Uh, so it's been, um, I think, the last five or six years, it's been a draw. I think the Uppards won last year, but that's about it. So here's one for you, Finey. Just on this, it's called the Naked Man the Festival. The Naked Man. Hadaka Matsuri. Picture this. You're naked with nothing but a thin piece of cloth around your manhood. It's the middle of winter, and you've been shaved head to toe with only your eyebrows spared from the razor. You're pulled from solitary confinement, pushed outside, forced to run a gauntlet of thousands of thronging drunken men, also in loincloths, <laughs> who are throwing w- icy water on you as you avoid being touched, slapped and trampled. It's been going on for 1,300 years and 10,000, one naked man is surrounded by 10,000 other naked men who are attempting to touch him for good luck. And he is attempting to get through the wall of the monastery. Mm. Sounds oh, like he fun. attempts to get through. He's the one person chosen to be the good luck vessel. And there's applicants every year. And for three weeks, all they eat is rice cakes and rice wine. Mm. Mm. There Tasty. you go. But you, you're going to be lucky, though. That's the main thing. Yeah, well, Cherished, I think ma- the word it is. It makes you very special. Also bruised, incredibly badly bruised and punished. But by the end of it, you are a demigod. There you go. And you naked, can, I, I guess beaten, you carry bruised, that with demigod. you for the rest of your life as well. Yeah, that's right. In your <laughs> you're very, you become very nervous in crowds. Yes. So, is that Shrove Tuesday celebrations? Yeah, oh, well, it's... Do we eat, do we have pancake eating contests and stuff like that? I'm sure there are. There's, there's a, quite a few pancake things happening around well around Britain it's it's not it's not really a thing here is it no I think maybe maybe something latched onto by the Anglicans pancake parlour (laughs) pancake (laughs) parlour oh see what you know they should be jumping on board I think they do on an annual basis yes but um oh I like pancakes yeah well the other thing is Wednesday St. David's Day as well which is obviously Wales's national day and Welsh cakes are a bit similar well, they're not really. They're, they're a little bit similar to pancakes, but uh, so there will be Welsh cakes aplenty around the Welsh communities around the world on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. 
First of March, St. David's Day. I can't be eating pancakes two days in a row. No, it's Welsh cakes. It's, it's a huge difference. <laughs> <laughs> They're Welsh pancakes. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, turn our attention to winter sports. Jones strikes up a conversation With a black hair The man goes dancing You know she dances while his father plays So she's suddenly beautiful And we all want something beautiful Man, I wish I was beautiful So come dance A little counting crows, Mr. Jones. I think that's honor, in honour of St. David's Day, because we're all called Jones. Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones Excellent. it is, isn't it? Now, skeletons. Well, I'll tell you what, funny, there's just one crazy more. Ways we got one more from, from Shrove Shrove. Tuesday oh, first. It's the Harpole Clay Pipe Smoking Contest. Yeah. So at the Bull Inn in Harpole, Northamptonshire. Well, it's not actually in the pub due to smoking laws. It's in a gazebo on the outside. Um, it's the you know this is where they hold the annual smoking competition every Shrove Tuesday, so they reckon it's been going for at least two hundred years, and because Shrove Tuesday is the start of Lent, they have this competition to basically use up all the tobacco because people are giving up yep. tobacco for Lent and everything else. So um, competitors provided with a small measure of tobacco and are given two minutes to get their pipe alight. They then attempt to keep their clay pipe burning for as long as possible without needing to relight it, and the smoker whose becky burns the longest wins. Skilled smokers can keep going for more than an hour, and the current all-time record is one hour and 13 minutes. But that was when it took place indoors, and the pipes lasted longer in the warm atmosphere. Nice. The outdoor record is just short of an hour. Um, so there you go. There is another sport. There is one more on show choosing. It's the Cornish Hurling. And they use a silver ball. It's similar to the other mob football games. Silver ball, which is kind of the size of a cricket ball. And I've got to include this because my mum and dad are from Cornwall and they've seen this years and years ago. And uh, I've got to shout out, actually, uh, got to shout out to my dad who's had a bit of a health issue today. And uh, hopefully he comes through that. And, uh, yeah, a bit touch and go this morning, but there you go. Oh, yeah, a little bit, yes. Come on, Mr. Blake. Yeah, come on. Come Be- on, Blakey. Beef Senior. The... B- the original beef? No, no, no. He just got called Beef Senior. He's not the original beef. I don't... Yes. A Beef That's Senior? Beef or... Senior, yeah. We wish you all the best. Yes, please. Yes. From us indoors. Us indoors, into, indeed. Um, that Cornish hurling is kind of the ultimate townies versus the, the well, the country yeah. types. So, uh, yeah, the country guys come into so town. So they to come into on. town. They do, are. Are. They come in and they play that game. It is worth noting that these mass football and mass ball sports are heavily in, you know, heavily favoured drinking sports. I was going to say, well. there's, yes. there's a fair amount of drinking of a ale. Fair ale and cider. Mead. <laughs> <laughs> mead. Get, the, get, get these some mead. Yes, indeed. So, uh, in terms of that, yeah, they, uh, yeah, they're fantastic. So, if you're in the UK, uh, Easter time, Shrove Tuesday, get to one of these things. It is fantastic phenomenal to watch it is very funny and these villages this is their biggest day of the year as well i mean people come from everywhere yep. and like like we just talked about uh, naked man in japan it, you know the, you get 20 30,000 people just watching whereas the actual town folk are the ones competing and doing this but uh, yes it's uh, very funny so yeah skeleton 
one of the most dangerous and crazy oh, things to do. That's madness. Madness. So it's not the luge. No, this is the one where you go head first. Yeah, oh, that is Even worse, yeah. And down, an icy, the, down an icy... Yeah. Um, shoot. Yeah. Um, slide. Fly down, yeah, an ice slide, basically. And they get up to about 120, 130 kilometers an hour, and you, you steer with your feet by dragging them along the, the oh, ice. But yeah, yeah. it doesn't really help anything. So, um, But... It was the World Championships this week, and the, Ger- the Germans, Jacqueline Lowling and Tina Herman, first and second. And a Brit, amazingly, really? came third. Lizzie wow. Arnold That's... was third for the Brits. Jacqueline Narricot, 17th for Australia, only took up a skeleton in March 2012. She used to be a sprinter, apparently. I wonder if she's the daughter of Paul Narricot. She is the daughter of Paul Narricot, who, who was... was a bobslayer and dual well, sport. He was, a, he was definitely yes. a sprinter. He was once held the world's 60-metre indoor record. Whoa, there you go. So he was quick off the mark, hence Very why he'd be a fantastic pushman in the bobsleigh. He was a good good there competitor, you go. Paul Narricot. Yep. So she's from Brisbane. Oh, that's great news. Yeah, so she was 17th. Um, in the men's, Martins Dukas of Latvia beat... Axel Junk of Germany. Axel Junk. Axel Junk. That's what he's called. And Nikita Tregobov of Russia. But here's the interesting stuff from the men's skeleton. 11th, New Zealand's Reese Thornbury. Good effort. 35th, Israel's Adam Edelman. Don't know where he's getting to slide. <laughs> Israel. 37th was Perth's own Dean Timmings. Good so, Dino. Yeah, not much snow in Perth or yeah, a luge Perth. track uh, or skeleton track. 38th, Anthony Watson of Jamaica, as with their Tradition. proud yeah. winter sports history. But here's the one. 39th, last. I don't know if it's that. Uh, I didn't that, look up, okay, so didn't look up if there's any crashes. Yeah. 39th, Akwasi Frimpong of Ghana. The Ghana skeleton. The Ghana champion. skeleton. That's right. Probably the African champion as well, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. He's a continental champion. So, Akwasi Frimpong of Ghana, congratulations. You are 39th in the World Championships of Skeleton. I don't know whether his time's uh, that of a rank amateur. Fair credit, though. If you're from Ghana and you go into these winter sports, I, I mean, everyone's seen cool I mean, runners. <laughs> look, I, I look at the luge and I sort of think, all right, there's no way I could win it. No. But if somebody told me that that was a ride at... Oh, yeah, Disney, that's right. I'd go on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always been one... I'd love a go on the bobsleigh. You know, you, to sit in and just hurtle down and you, you're yeah, in one of the... it must be pretty... Oh, that's it, you get banged around. But yeah. there is something in me that I'd love to have a go at do you think that? Do you think, given that that's an Olympic sport, they'll ever have the water slide as... <laughs> Why not? Ah, oh, look, if skateboarding's in, why not? Because on the water slide... The Wet and Wild with the eight man. Yeah, and they've got it's a race uh, yeah. and they time. I reckon, yeah. And you've got in the Wimp Olympics, you've got ski cross and border cross and all these things now. Why not? Why, get it in. Water slide Olympic sport. Water slide. I, I used to love yeah, yeah, competing yeah, yeah. on that. Yeah. I always um, used to do the fly jump start to <laughs> try and. Re- I think it's, it should be a go. You'd it look definitely. across the eight and you think, right, well, there's. We've got them. I've got them. them, so, them yeah, 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 yeah. It's like you and your two mates would be the major competitors. Yeah. Be interested to see if weight's a factor. I, I, yeah, you, know, you need a bit of bulk. Yeah, oh, I should be all right then. Ooh, my Olympic dream is still on. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a break, come back, wrap it up with the more genteel pursuits of chess and croquet. Bangkok, Oriental City, and the city don't know what the city is kept. The creme de la creme. 
Ah, the chess world. Muddy Head sings us one night in Bangkok from the musical Chess, and we're going to talk chess, Beefy. Yes, just very briefly. We, I, did, I talked to, uh, when I was with uh, Piggy last week, we uh, we went through about how this Russian lad has just played simultaneously 65 games of blindfold chess whilst riding an exercise bike. <laughs> and he won 55 of those games against... You know, top ranked, well, but highly how, how ranked. How do you play blindfold? Chess? You wear a blind, and you you remember. You have to remember the moves step of by every step person. of every game, and it's one move, bang, one move, bang, and you're on to the next game. It took him something like fourteen hours to to play. Is he a savant? Well, obviously, yeah. So he played sixty three games or something, one fifty eight. It was it's unbelievable record, and it was riding an exercise bike, you know, to keep him involved and you have to remember every move and everything but there you go that's just an aside that's a it's a world record by the way that is blindfold chess but these chess players they 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 memorize thousands and thousands of games of chess anyway so but it is the world women's chess championships right now on in tehran good iran obviously capital of iran and nancy lane is australia's sole representative and the final goes through to the 3rd of March, so it's coming to its conclusion. I should should have brought us a scores update of how Nancy's getting on. I might Probably uh, next week. Yes, I'll update you next week, Friday night, whenever whenever we do it. And let's complete our look at world sport with the rarely discussed croquet. <laughs> but, of well, course, Wimbledon is the all-England lawn tennis and croquet. Indeed. But uh, this has escaped me a little bit. I did know about it. Did you know it's the World Golf Croquet Championships on at the moment in Cairnley? In Melbourne? In Melbourne. Golf croquet? Golf croquet. Which is, there's two forms of croquet, golf croquet and association croquet. What's golf croquet? Golf croquet is where they have five hoops and you have to play them in order and then you hit the middle peg. Or it might be seven hoops. I should have looked that up. I have actually seen. There is actually six hoops and a centre pole. And you have to play them in order and use four people. Not a simple game, Croker. No, as definitely young, not. As a young man, I used to holiday at Erskine House, which had beautiful lawn surrounds with lawn tennis courts. And a croquet, what's it called? A croquet... Lawn. Lawn? Yes. It's, and those who played croquet, there were some croquet players there. Yeah. Uh, it's not a simple game. No. So Especially when you use flamingos as mallets. So, in the words of the Twelfth Man, I mean, obviously, they're famous, the wild world of sports, early doors, you know, for croquet fans. There's actually something on this show tonight. So, uh, but, listen, it's the World Golf Croquet Championships. In Cairnley. In Cairnley, in Melbourne, is going on right now. It goes through to the weekend, and... It's happening on their backyard, so I don't know what they're are marketing. There ma- are there many nations compared? Well, there must be for golf croquet. I mean, the Yanks are—they like like it, and obviously the Brits have—you know—we love croquet. It's uh, you know it's on live on uh, BBC every weekend. You know, it's. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they just I've never th- seen croquet on TV ever. No, nah, I don't think I have. Uh, to be honest, I have, I've been to a couple. I've played uh, one day and uh, went to the uh, Australian Championships were at Canley as well when we went. Kind of later last year, so uh, but New Zealand they must be the croquet up and coming nation because in the under 21s, Felix Webby beat George Coulter, both Kiwis, in the under 21s final. So, kids, yeah, kids. So, but the final of the World Golf Croquet Championships on a Canley, the final day is the 5th of March, so they're playing right through. So, if the croquet marketing team are listening, get hold of us so we can actually find out 
what's happening over there. Tickets, tickets through... Ticket, ticket. Turn up. <laughs> <laughs> Just turn up. Please! <laughs>